Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is a special edition of the CNN political briefing on the Georgia Senate runoff elections. This is part four of our five-part series where we take a closer look at why these two Senate runoff races matter so much. Last week, we did a deep dive into the four candidates' backgrounds. Today, we're going to take a closer look at the state of play in both races, including record-breaking early vote numbers, record-breaking fundraising numbers, and the final critical strategic decisions each campaign is making to try and deliver a victory. And to remind you of the stakes at play... Everything that was at stake in November is at stake leading up to January 5th. Because at stake in this election is control of the U.S. Senate... And that really means control of this country. You still need to vote as if your life depends on it, because it does. We need the Peach State to defend the majority, because the road to a Senate majority runs right through the state of Georgia. The implications of either Republicans winning these races or Democrats taking them and swinging the Senate majority are immense. Everything from more COVID relief to Joe Biden's cabinet picks. In fact, his entire agenda could be on the line. Democrat success in Georgia would create a unified government, albeit with exceedingly narrow margins in Congress, for the first two years of the Biden administration. Let's start with the very latest on the race. COVID-19 relief funds became a critical component in the closing days of the Senate runoff elections. Donald Trump, as you know, reluctantly signed the COVID-19 relief bill with the larger government funding bill on Sunday night that had $900 billion of relief funds going out to the country. This included $600 stimulus checks for individuals. For several days around the Christmas holiday, Donald Trump was threatening not to sign that bill into law, even though it had overwhelming majorities, bipartisan majorities in both the House and the Senate. And Donald Trump's own administration had actually negotiated it. But he surprised everyone when he said he may not sign it. And who was one of the very first people to jump into the president's ear and explain how important it was that he signed that bill? David Perdue the incumbent Republican senator in one of these races. Thanks to President Trump last night, more COVID relief is on its way to millions of Georgia families and businesses again. He made sure to get to the president directly and personally, explaining that the very outcome of these Senate races could hinge on whether or not he signed that COVID relief bill. Well, Donald Trump ultimately did so on Sunday night. But he added that he wanted to have Congress up the amount of those stimulus checks from $600 to $2,000. That put Donald Trump in alignment with Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and in opposition with Mitch McConnell's stated policy, the Republican leader in the Senate. Well, that created a big problem for Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, the Republicans running in these races, because they have completely embraced President Trump and everything that he has done as a part of their political strategy in these races. They want every Trump voter in Georgia to turn out for them in these runoffs. Remember, Donald Trump only lost Georgia by some 12,000 votes or so. There are a lot of Trump voters, enthusiastic base voters, and David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler need every one of them. So they don't want to split with the president on his call for this $2,000 stimulus check. And it is politically popular, of course, giving money out to Americans in need. That is a politically popular position. 
But Mitch McConnell has made clear he's in no rush to actually push that through in the Senate. Well, that did not stop Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue in this final week of the campaign going out there and aligning themselves with President Trump. I'm delighted to support the president in this 2000. Uh, it's really a $1,400 increment over what we've already done. So I fully support what the president is doing right now. I've stood by the president 100% of the time. I'm proud to do that. And I've said, absolutely, we need to get relief to Americans now. They support the increase in the stimulus checks to $2,000. What you didn't hear them say, you didn't hear them demand that Mitch McConnell make sure a vote to do so gets on the floor before the January 5th runoff. So what is each party's strategy in these final days of this campaign? Well, we were just discussing that stimulus issue, and you will now hear all four candidates, the two Republican incumbent senators, the two Democratic challengers, and John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, they're all championing this notion of $2,000 stimulus checks. So by supporting it, what Leffler and Purdue have done is sort of robbed Warnock and Ossoff of a battering ram that they just wanted to hammer over the heads of the Republicans in these closing days. Now they're all in the same place. That will continue to be a closing message. There's no doubt about that. Republicans are trying to present themselves as the very last thing standing between a unified Democratic government and, as they see it, an agenda based in socialism. People realize what's at stake here. We're the last line of defense against the Democratic onslaught and this radical socialist agenda that they've aspired to in the presidential election and continue to do so now. This, of course, is the very rhetoric that they are hoping will keep the Republican Trump base enthused all the way through the election. Churches are also critical in Georgia in terms of getting voters to the polls. In the last month before the election, Warnock and Ossoff have campaigned repeatedly at churches. During one week in December, Warnock, a pastor, appeared at churches in four separate Georgia cities. Because this is home, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God, who is first in my life. In the runoffs, voter registration groups targeting black voters are working with churches to hold registration drives and host the Democratic candidates in their parking lots. Bishop Reginald Jackson minced no words in explaining just how critical the African-American vote is in Georgia. I think we saw in November there was a huge turnout among blacks, a surprising turnout for some. And I think the church played a major role. Evangelical churches in Georgia have also been a potent force among the electorate. According to the CNN exit poll from the 2020 general election in November, about one-third of the electorate in Georgia was white evangelical or born-again Christian. Republicans won about 85% of their votes. Well, I vote based on my faith, and I always vote for the candidate that most aligns with my Christian faith. And in this um, runoff especially, you know, um, I'm voting for um, the candidates that are pro-life. In the Bible Belt, Georgia remains a state where nearly 80% of its residents identify as Christian and where politics for preachers on both sides of the political aisle find a natural correlation, especially with the control of the United States Senate hanging in the balance. Money has been flowing into Georgia in record-breaking numbers, eye-popping numbers. The contests have drawn a surge of attention and investment from both inside and outside of Georgia. In fact, Warnock and Ossoff, the Democrats, each raised more than $100 million in campaign contributions in just the last couple months. That has never been done before. John Ossoff now holds a new record as the best-funded Senate candidate in history. It is astounding. And by the way, Purdue and Leffler, 
they're doing quite well in the fundraising department as well. And what's really interesting is even though the Democrats have outraised the Republicans in this race, on the television airwaves, Republicans and their outside group allies have a bit of an advantage. This is now a half-billion-dollar campaign. Our latest numbers show that more than $540 million has been spent on television ads in this campaign. And Republicans have about a $25 million edge over Democrats in overall spending. One question is, are the airwaves so saturated that the ads are not having the impact that the candidates desire? But of course, they would not be putting all of this money on television if they didn't think it was a critical way to reach voters in a contest that could be decided by just a few thousand votes. As of Monday morning this week, over 2.1 million ballots have already been cast in the Georgia Senate runoffs. That, too, is a record-breaking statistic. That is the most early votes cast in any Georgia runoff in state history. By the way, it's also rivaling what the early vote looked like about a week, eight days out in the presidential contest back in November when we saw record turnout across the country. So the engagement of the electorate hasn't diminished all that much from the November general election to these runoffs, which are usually far, far lower in terms of turnout, engagement, enthusiasm than a November general election. The stakes clearly could not be higher for the Democrats and President-elect Joe Biden seeking to have his agenda have an easier path with a unified government. But to win, Democrats are going to need to break historical precedent here. And with the election just less than a week away now, these two races remain too close to call. There's no doubt all eyes are on Georgia heading into 2021. That's it for today's special edition of the CNN Political Briefing. Our next episode and final episode in this series will take a look at the results, unpacking who won and why it matters not only for Georgia, but for the country. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We're taking tomorrow and Friday off for the New Year holiday, but we'll be back on Monday. CNN Political Briefing is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer and Haley Thomas is the senior news producer. Raj Makisha is our senior production manager. Our episodes are produced by Will Cadigan, Taylor Galgano, Mimi Muteza, and David Toledo and engineered by Francisco Monroy.